Hello, welcome to Real Point Exchange. This is Adam, and today we are going to do like our mid-season recap, post-mortem maybe, of the Monster of the Week campaign. The unky, uncles, unkies, the unkies. Uh, Penny oh, the unkies. <laughs> and uh, on top of us talking about the game from its beginning to the end of season one, also really wanting to focus on uh, longer form play campaigns and you know how do you move on from like the end of it or the cliffhanger or whatnot. How do you continue the narrative going forward where it's just not Buffy the vampire slayer fighting nothing but vampires until the world gets tired of vampires. And yeah, joining me today in alphabetical order. Well, there's a bit of an issue there, <laughs> but um, I'll go first. Yeah, I just realized that because like, technically I should go first because it's Chris C versus Chris H. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm also the host while you're a guest. So that is you. true. Also, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> watching flex. Sorry, keep yeah. going, Chris. Yeah. So this is Chris. Um, you hear the other Chris in the background. Uh, I am uh, the standard co-host for RPX. I'm Adams. Uh, I don't know, Gadfly, uh, Mr. Hyde, actually. But keep going. Okay, fair enough. Mr. Hyde works too. Uh, and I was playing. I'm playing Branson on the podcast. Awesome. Uh, I'm the Crystal Pepsi of Chris's. Crazon, <laughs> uh, uh, Review Cultist. Go by many names, but I guess I'll go with Crazon for simplicity's sake here. Uh, and mean, I'm Crazon. Crystal Pepe- Pepsi was desired. Oh, Desired. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. I just I don't feel so good, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel kind of woozy, man. Oof. And just just go outside and lay in the snow for a bit. That'll that'll help the burn. Yeah. <laughs> so, what contributions do you have to to the campaign, Crazon? Oh, you know, like very pretty pretty small role. You know, only the most <laughs> the GM. Mostly, the, mostly the GM. <laughs> <laughs> the the brain uh, the, the the half brainchild or the the half uh, the the half concoctor of the cognivore. The other credit goes to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank with you, your thank you, iconic you. quote from El Dente Rigamortis, oh, that's just your typical Kentucky tree dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how it spurns, but we'll, we'll get to that. And yeah. f- finally, but certainly, well, not finally, what, I'm finally? Cutting, well, I'll cut Rob out. He just learned uh, next in the alphabet. <laughs> well, I think that D comes after C, so that would put David next. So hi, everybody. Um, newcomer, but a longtime listener and absolute lover of all things uh, role-playing exchange. Oh, thank you. <laughs> who do you play on the, the podcast? Or not the podcast. Damn it, I'm fucking it up. But who do you play in the I game? Mean, <laughs> well, on the podcast, um, I get to play a frequent guest star who shows up every so often, uh, who is a weirdness magnet and an avatar of all things purple. But in this particular game, I am the divine playbook, um, the Angel Tariel. Oh, yes. I should also mention um, I am playing the Flake. It, if anyone who's listened to the podcast will know, Branson definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It helps to put the name to it. Like. <laughs> and last, and certainly not least, I love you, Rob. Tell us about yourself. What's your hobbies, you know? So, um... I've been gaming with Chris since I was in high school, which to my horror has probably been now more more than 10 years. We'll leave it at that so I don't feel too old. Um, of course, I fucked off and 
kind of got jobs on two different continents, and now I'm back to the first continent, which makes it three. But now I share a time zone with you crazy fuckers, so I can actually get back to gaming more often, and I'm looking forward to that. As you as you might have guessed, because I've been playing with Chris so long, I'm pretty used to weird campaigns. I've run a lot of them myself with people who happen to be in a closer time zone to me. And yeah, I'm I'm been really hyped for this. I think I was in the text chat where the idea for this kind of generated, but at the time my internet connection was crap and I wasn't really able to join. So as of recording this, I've been in I, I'd say kind of one session. I think we broke it into two parts, but uh, yeah. it was really just one storyline. So I'm I'm really I'm really excited to get started playing Alistair the Crooked. Um, he is the shady, hot couch guy, older brother who's kind of gone straight uh, in in recent years. He tries to be a good person, but he's got a lot of uh, demons, literal demons in one case, uh, on his back. So. I'm, I'm interested to see how he develops because I, I have a lot of ideas for him, but I, I really do find that characters unfold better with the group than anything you ever have in your head on your own. So I'm oh, excited. Awesome. And I forgot to mention beforehand, but uh, I am playing, I'm Adam, obviously, and I'm playing Frank Doodles Buttress. And uh, yeah, he is uh, the character type of the wrong. So. I think we'll jump into that in a bit more, but I want to kind of go over the, the history of what we have penned the Saturday morning hill game because we're rapidly approaching our year anniversary of doing these games. Jesus. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's getting close, man. So, I think the very beginning of this, I guess, um, what this was. I don't exactly remember, to be frank, because it's been over a year and my daughter's yelling, daddy, daddy, daddy in the background. But I think it began for us as an opportunity to play Chris's uh, Esoteris game. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah. Um, I was just trying to get folks together, and this is when Rob was still in China. So I was trying to find like ways to hang out with him, because what do you know, Rob? You're my best friend. I know, and I, I happen to have bounced between uh, Ireland, Ch- China... Now Canada, then we're finally in the same time zone. But it, it's been yeah. a weird, like, six years? Yeah, it's been... Five it's years? Been a, I'm not sure. Been a trip. Mm-hmm. So we start, out, we start out with our Esoteris campaign. Or not campaign. What well, is going to be a campaign, but we're kind of just piecing along. And it, it finished. We, I think, did four or five sessions. Rob was in on that. Uh, we finished it up. I think our next thing, and I... Need to dig through and see if I can find this recording. But uh, our next big game was we did what was that Doom game that we oh, played? The, you played through? Oh, uh, the Walmart game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was just basically us fucking around, though. To be fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Crazon uh, started kicking ideas out to us. I know. I think I was privileged to it in the beginning of him wanting to uh, do a game with the Kentucky Tree Dolphin, and in uh, typical Crazon fashion. It was going to be a one shot, right? <laughs> Guys, I swear it's a one shot. It's not going to last more than a game, more than a session, maybe two. All right, mm-hmm. let's do a mini campaign. All right, let's do a full blown campaign. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, we're doing it, doing it live. Yeah, and that led us to our first uh, episode, which was the uh, I don't remember what it's titled since we uh, ha- I haven't picked them up. I have it here. Um, mm-hmm. The scenario I titled "Welcome to Dolphy's Cove." 
Oh, Dolphy Coast for Kentucky Tree Dolphin. And it's been kind of fun, like talking with Crazon about all things Kentucky. And he talks to me about all things Canada. And I mentioned to him, uh, aside from what we said, like, oh, that's your typical Kentucky Tree Dolphin. I've told him about an area, like a recreational kind of forested area called Red River Gorge, Kentucky. And we've read creepypastas that was set uh, a creepypasta. I was gonna say we've we've read creepypastas both good and eh, yeah um, set in that region. <laughs> and this is was an opportunity for you to get out and uh, I guess explore Kentucky vicariously, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, since you know, there's a certain thing going on right now that has prohibited me twice now from going down and seeing this place in the flesh. <laughs> well, going on? Uh, I mean, you know, just a certain, certain. Uh. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, there, there should be some sort of pod episode for that title, like deep North meets deep South or something. Oh God. Oh God. I, uh, I want to be there. Would we get all of us in the same room? Like, oh God. yeah. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> if, if we can all meet at Gen Con 2022, maybe. <laughs> That would be great. Let's go ahead and jump into that first game. Uh, briefly, like I said, just kind of uh, off mic, I mentioned that just, we're just going to kind of shoot through these pretty quick. So, Crazon, since this was a one-shot, what was your main goal of doing Welcome to Dolphy's Cove? Um, so, really, I just, like, after we had that talk of that really bad Kentucky uh, creepypasta that spawned the, the Kentucky tree dolphin, and then we had that other El Dente episode where we actually brainstormed Kentucky tree dolphin <laughs> as a creature. <laughs> um, the, the natural step was basically to, to do a, a game scenario with that. So uh, that first game was basically the culmination of our, of our brainstorm of what we would want to see a creepypasta of the Kentucky tree dolphin be. Um, and I, I basically just took the notes from that, um, added in a creepy abandoned theme park because Americana, and even let's be fair, Canadiana, to a degree, is kind of based on like there's like creepy abandoned places all over the place. Um, true, and North Americana, yeah, North Americana, basically, yeah. Um, and there's a ton of like abandoned, like independent businesses and 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 um and uh entertainment ventures that are just sinkholes that are great for settings. <laughs> and I was just like, well, what if the Kentucky tree dolphin was basically behind it, uh, one of these places and was using it as a, a trap for its, uh, for its next meal. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically the, the first session. And then, and then we came up with the, the council of uncle stuff um, based on the premise of, all right, we need a, a wraparound frame for why your monster hunters are going out and doing things. Well, my niece is creepy. <laughs> she tells me really creepy ghost stories sometimes that she comes up with um, that are in no way based off of like her mine and her mom's influence on her with our <laughs> own interests in horror. Clearly not. Mm -hmm. um, so I basically just used my my niece as fodder for the the wraparound of uh, like setting of this, and it's like, all right, so. You all are uncles to this creepy girl named Penny, who used to be a spooky playbook from, from Monster of the Week, but was exorcised and now, but still hears whispers of, of, of other sides or of other things. So she's Trayvon. basically your, yes? 
I love that you say exorcised the same way Reagan does from Mob Psycho 100. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't want to you... say like like I've I had I have too many friends that will like oh yeah you know on a treadmill thing like I was mm-hmm. like thanks thanks for thanks for doing that pun you you asshole. <laughs> I I, I, I barely I <laughs> sorry I sorry I just. I barely stopped myself for the record craze on like it, it, it's it's not going to be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. So kind of moving on, let's go ahead and jump into the primary character creation for this. So it was, in the beginning, it was just Chris and I, and I don't know if people have picked up on this throughout the course of all of our actual play recordings, but Chris and I essentially work as foil against each other. We like one another. We're friends. I think very highly of Chris, but when you get us into a game, Either <laughs> one of us is going to be going for the other one. Not, I'm, yeah. I think we do it too maliciously, but you know, I wanted to kind of play on this dynamic that's just naturally occurred in our games. We and just I have wanted, good energy that way. Oh yeah, and I wanted to be the, I guess, uh, I guess, what would be the best description? Like more of the straight laced kind of character. I, I the adult would, in the room. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to be the adult in the room, and that gave Chris total freedom to be the exact opposite and great foil. So I created Frank Doodles. I have always enjoyed Monster of the Week series, you know, growing up in the nineties, X-Files is very, you know, when it wasn't the fucking aliens, which I found boring, but X-Files was a a great series. I enjoyed. Uh, Then I logically went into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which definitely has not aged too well over the years. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I started with. I, Basically, I think he was, uh, I think I told Crazon that I wanted him to be a ginger version of one of the Winchester brothers. Yeah, you, your, your, your exact quote to me was Sam Winchester, but with red hair and the Punisher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. And I think from that very beginning point, too, I did kind of want to establish that I had a, famili- a, a biological familial tie with Penny. Even though, like, the running uh, motif here is uncles, yeah, you know, and we've kind of broadened that that, that term quite a bit. But yeah. yeah, that was that was me. What about Chris? What about your Branson character? Well, I would say we're using uncle in like the Latin term, so just like you know, family member or fr- friend of the family who's very close. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, my concept for Branson was I was listening to a lot of Chapo Trap House, and Felix Biederman uh, is insane on Twitter. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to play a streamer who is uh, a fairly, fairly prominent on Twitter, and his entire personality is he gets constantly owned. Like, uh, my, my, my basic character concept was for, was a guy who's like a mixture between like, uh, a leftist weirdo Twitter and Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Didn't and... you also make it? Sorry. Didn't you also make a Twitter feed for Branson? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been really using it. That's fair. Well, that'd be something. Kind of maybe we can get we can spruce that thing up a tad bit by episodes. That'd be some kind yeah. of cool thing. Yeah, um, it's just it, it's hard for me to stream while yeah. uh, like live tweet while uh, gaming. Yeah. Okay. Good point. So as uh let's kind of expedite this process along and get into our other players and so forth and so on. We end up in typical fashion going out 
what would become typical fashion for a longest point in time. We went out, encountered a creature, killed the creature, left Kentucky. Uh, episode two takes place. Uh, I think we're back in Canada, or did we go yeah, back? Episode to the two. States? Episode two. You go to Nova Scotia to the town of Kingsburg, of Kingsburg, where we discovered creepy ass Google Maps because every other town around that place has like the weirdest fucking shit in it. <laughs> like as names, as far as names go. Uh, mm-hmm. Boston Point. <laughs> I will say, uh, as someone who worked for the creepy map company, like one of the creepy tech companies on maps, I I hadn't heard about this. And I am deeply personally betrayed that I'm an industry expert and you didn't have me like leaking all the company secrets while also killing some. What's, what's kind of funny, like, they, I'm, they, I'm deeply betrayed. I, I put in I put in my time in the data mine. <laughs> like so in 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 session two and three, I think is what it because it was uh, it was a two session scenario. Mm-hmm. You guys investigated the te- in the town of Kingsborough because of the uh, the New England crab monkey is what it was called, um, a, a distant relative of the Kentucky tree dolphin, <laughs> um, and you end up like investigating a sleep a sleep clinic and then find some homeless guy uh homeless guy has a heart attack dies branson uses weeaboo internet magic like unknown army's magic bullshit and accidentally summons him uh, summons the man back to life as a zombie <laughs> and then you guys <laughs> had to put him down again <laughs> just choices were made all and not good ones yeah all the while on a beach in public <laughs> <laughs> um so then we the next session was you guys like dropping the body off at what was the place called again it was like the uh like the devil's sinkhole or something yeah it was some ridiculous fucking name hang on i've got it i'm gonna pull it up right now <laughs> uh but yes yeah, so you guys drop like drop the body no it was moss it was the Mossman uh boulevard or something yeah because i remember um, we were started making jokes about the Mossman prophecies okay it was it was Mossman homestead road you were uh, on on the uh on the point which is called hell hell point and you guys just dumped the body into the ocean um and that's totally not going to become a monster for somebody to use in a game <laughs> oh for sure yeah uh but then well, as you go hmm, sorry i said oh clearly that's that's <laughs> totally not going to be turned into a monster <laughs> yeah um and then some some woodland critter creatures that are totally not fey decided to give you guys a helping hand in your investigation and led you in the direction to the uh to where the creature and his accomplice could be. <laughs> uh, I really, and- really cannot emphasize how much we suck at investigation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the fairy punk mother chose really well when when she chose you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys, you guys uh, ultimately like saved the day. You found out where the monster was and where it was, what it was doing, and and disposed of it. While also dealing with a portal to its home dimension or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is when I was also introducing like the weird like cognivore rune. <laughs> um, that like every time you guys went into like the lair, you'd see this like weird rune. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was session two. Basically, was you guys disposed of that and saved a family and ruined this poor, oh, this little, this like this spoiled brat child's life. That a little bit sucked though. He also, yeah, Fuck he was guy. he was a shit can. <laughs> <laughs> I think session three was actually where Chris took the reins. Is this old yes. spider legs? Yes. Yep, that's yeah, that was... old spider legs. 
I guess Mike. Yeah, I guess we'll also introduce my my character in this as yeah, well. Yeah, this would be a well good being, time. Yeah, because so on top of being the GM, I was also um, uh, Penny's Penny's dad's brother. <laughs> wow, twin, <laughs> uh, or brother, twi- twin brother. Yeah, um, John Jacob, uh, and I was basically just Jack, who is Penny's dad, but with a mustache and a cowboy hat. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> uh, I was the initiate, so I was part of a monster hunting cult called the convoy which are a bunch of people that are just tour across canada fighting ghosts and monsters for um a mysterious benefactor um oh like, in... like Vegans. yeah yeah oh my god yeah it was basically like a slightly a, a slightly different take on ja- zach Bagans. <laughs> van helsing trucking yeah basically and we were it was basically an rv convoy of like a cult of rv convoyists um yeah so that was my character <laughs> Awesome. So, Chris, why don't you tell? Why don't you talk about Spider Legs? Because this is also the episode where Sam jumped in for two sessions. Yeah, uh, Sam couldn't make it. She is in Japan and sleeping, and I don't blame her for that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we we kind of like talked about like s- switching around GMing duties a little bit. Um, so some some other po- folks could play. My concept is uh, if I'm running the Monster of the Week games, they're probably going to be references to folkloric entities. So um, my my idea is like I based the initial one on Old Spider Legs, which is a fearsome critter in uh, lumberjack culture, and it's basically just a big ass horse with eight legs, and it's functionally immortal. Oh, I learned that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just Slepnir, but with Lumberjack uh, aesthetics. Oh, yeah, it's Lumberjack Slepnir. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So pretty much, if I'm not, if I'm recalling, we, uh, Sam's character, which uh, Armando, what was uh, Sam's uh, character? A very, very long name. Alejandro I actually have something. Yeah, Alejandro Martinez, Ramiro, De Silva, or Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so we introduce uh, Sam's character as being a uh, descendant. Or actually, not a descendant. Would it be an a ancestor. progenitor? <laughs> uh, yeah, an ancestor. I think to the buttresses. I think. Yeah. Or yeah. And I, it's been a while since that game, but I do remember. Not only did I shoot the spider legs with a shotgun, and my violent tendencies had it ricochet back on me, but this was also one where we uh, introduced this idea of law enforcement and us butting heads with them. That we were in America for this particular setting. And Holy shit, uh, a zombie, yeah. And then, yeah, Chris had a very humorous take on us brain fuggling an officer that in my head he is his, his uh senses have returned to him. But we uh, uh finished, the, Jesse. <laughs> we, we finished that episode up, I think, with Sam pretty much riding off into the sunset or Alex riding off into the sunset on old spider legs, which was. Yep, the mount. <laughs> they have their new mount, they they sacrificed their sword to have the mount. <laughs> <laughs> and was the next one the Star Bear one? What, what did we got? Yeah, yes, the that? next one was in fact the Star Bear. Okay, so what was that one called? And uh, uh, it is a really dumb <laughs> uh, title. Uh, oh yeah, so the first the the title with the um the the New England uh, crab monkey was Penny for Your Thoughts, I think. Okay. Yes, Penny for Your Thoughts, because they all have the cognivores all have kind of a theme. Like the first one was just kind of a trapping kind of schemer. The um. The uh, New England crab monkey is a peddler of 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 power for thoughts, basically. Um, 
and then we had home on Riley <laughs> with the great Canadian star bear, because I found a town in Alberta. I think it's Alberta. Um, might be Saskatchewan. What are the prairie provinces? Um, yeah, Alberta called Riley. <laughs> and I just immediately thought of Riley. So, um, yeah, this one was basically, um, kind of, sh- this was the start basically of, uh, you guys, not just punching the monster, but then ultimately like making deals with them um, mm-hmm. against Branson's better judgment <laughs> or against yeah. Branson's, against Branson's uh, 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 judgment. Retort. Yeah. Judgment. On it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I think so, I was just going to say, I mean, technically as well, the last one ended with uh, the spy, the spider horse being uh, a horse or a mount. So it technically it started the one before. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. I just, I just meant with like the cognivores themselves because they are kind of like an alien uh, faction to this whole mm-hmm. thing. And yeah, this is basically also kind of give you uh, this one kind of ultimately gave you their a little bit of their side of the story. Like they they are running out of or they they have they're running out of resources uh, on their on wherever they come from, and they managed to find their way to Earth. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. which is a bounty of of cognitive energy that is what they feast on. So, um, yeah, they basically you you got a little bit more on their side. And don't, now that I'm thinking about that, punch you. yep, <laughs> yeah, that that's Branson's uh, thing. It's like I don't need to know your backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, cool motive, still murder. Yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll get into character development as we go along here. But yeah, as you mentioned beforehand, this is where we actually start dealing and like communicating with them in a more than a point blank kind of range. I believe I took the next session, which basically, you know, whereas Chris is enjoying the uh, like he likes doing folklore and stuff. I kind of. I think one of the original ideas that Crazon and I are kind of bouncing off of is I originally wanted to run a Monster of the Week campaign with, uh, I called it the old man game, where it was just a bunch of old monster hunters that had to come together to take care of uh, one of their former members' uh, child and ends up in trouble. So, you know, kind of a too old for this shit kind of campaign. But my my interest in general has been more of the traditional kind of supernatural kind of vibe with ghosts and demons and stuff like that. And I picked the scenario, which was a published one because I'd purchased a bunch of monster of the week resources through, um, uh, row 20. And this, uh, I think comes from the book, a tome of horrors or tome of whatever that it, tome it, of that mystery? it tome of mystery. Yeah. This scenario is called uh, a church with a view. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I based it on. And, it was a, a lucky timing and a happy accident because we had a, an introduction to our very next player, David. Like, <laughs> how did how did you enter this? Like, well, um, I've done a couple of different one shots of Monster of the Week. Um, absolutely loved the system uh, from the very beginning, first time I picked it up, uh, because it does have that feel of old school Buffy as it was intended. Um, before it just got way off the rails or got and jost. same thing yeah or got jost or um supernatural back when it was literally a let's go to this place and find this monster before it also hit the point of yeah yeah we know it's uh it's one of those things you have to stab it 14 times with this particular kind of knife we've got all of the information let's just do the thing and then get on to big meta plot so 
Um, I've played the Divine a couple of different times, and I always like the idea of an angel showing up when you need one for whatever reason. And the fact that it was, we're going to be playing this one, it's going to be heading towards a church. I went, I'm going to break out the Divine and grab an angel. And so <laughs> that's how we ended up with Tariel. Um, I kind of love the, I love the Divine because of the fact that you can shoehorn them in without too much effort. And because of the way that the playbook reads, I don't have to know everything that's happened in the campaign so far. I just basically get the information that I need for whatever time. And then here we go. Yeah. So the fact that I don't know everything that's going on really does fit. And I got to have fun with that. And I've been enjoying myself ever since. Um, I like the idea of playing Tariel as a bit of a fish out of water. Uh, he is the artfully innocent to the schemers, the plotters, and the... He doesn't see Branson as being all that bad. He sees Branson as just being somebody who's a little bit misguided. Uh, he sure. Doesn't... Yeah, clearly. And the scene that comes to mind the most with him is just jumping in and going, okay, I'm going to help. Oh, wait a minute. You're in the wrong place. I can fix that angel wings. And then suddenly we're there. <laughs> uh, the angel teleport is one of my favorite bits from a couple of those different shows. And also the, there is one particular episode of supernatural that summarizes um, all of it to me. It's, when the boys are trying to get away from angels because suddenly angels turn evil and uh, Castiel walks up to them and says, you guys are being tracked. Don't worry. And puts his hands on both of their chests. They go, ah, and then he moves on. And when they later get x-rays, they find out that he literally carved Enochian runes into their ribs in that moment. And now they can't be tracked by angels ever again. And it's just that I love that feel for the magic. Just the, I'm not even going to tell you all of the stuff I'm doing. I'm just going to do it quick, fast, and you'll learn later on that I'm actually helping you. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> awesome. I enjoyed that. I've actually, you know, we'll kind of talk a bit more about it in a moment when we get to the future of the campaign. But I have a couple other scenarios in mind, and one of which it, definitely an angelic host would uh, tie into it. So, yeah, when you mentioned that you were running a, you were going to be playing the angelic character, I was like, okay, I know where I'm going when I run this again. So I love I, this. It was it was fun. I had a great time. I appreciate you guys. That was the one day that I actually ruined your Saturdays by just like we ran two sessions, ran it in the morning, had lunch, jumped back in. As Hammond can attest, I I don't I, unlike Crazon, I don't think I'm as prolific in my five part one shots as he is. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of my games drag on a tad bit. Well, and at uh, risk no. of. At risk of uh, contradicting you, uh, you have yet to ruin a Saturday. You've you've made them better. Like I don't care if the game goes on for one hour or six. I will play it and have fun every minute. I appreciate you saying that, man. I think we had the next session. Crazon took over. Now, yeah, he, he has a title. I had to look mine up to see exactly what the scenario to, was. Hang on. Uh, this one was. Um, it was in all caps. Polywog. 
God. and this was with regards to actually two cognivores, um, the uh, Pacific North. Oh God, the Pacific <laughs> Northwest hermit toad. <laughs> Uh, I like because how like, oh, fuck off. I just like, I'm like right. <laughs> it's like why did I give it such a long ass name? Oh right, because it's lo- it's it's point of origin is such a long ass name. Anyway, um, yeah, the Pacific Northwest Hermit Toad, and the uh, uh, this also introduced the uh, another race of that kind of work alongside the cognivores, and they're they're actually called the Kerr, and they're basically crap people. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Out of game, I don't think it'll really ever come up, but they're basically what the cognivores were were uh, were feeding on in their home dimension. <laughs> oh, well. um, but they it was kind of a symbiotic relationship. Like the the cur and the the consortium is their is their council basically work as freelancers for the cognivore council and all the other whatever factions are in their dimension. Hmm. Um, that might come up later. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of things that came up though, Rob. Oh yeah, Rob showed up for that one. Hello, finally. I You're allowed to speak now. I know, no, sorry, I, I coughed a bit and I was like, I'll mute the mic for a second, save Adam some editing work, and now I've given you more editing work, so thank you. And sorry, Adam. Um <laughs> just going full Canadian right now, already thanking yeah. us and apologizing. So, so Canadian so, casualties. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um so I, I suppose I kind of was around during the inception. Like this whole group was set up to facilitate the fact that I was like 12 to 13 hours away, depending on daylight savings time. And now that it's, I'm back over, it's a bit of a pain in the ass to wake up for the morning. I I really do appreciate you guys trying to include me, but yeah, because I was working so hard, even with all that adjustment, I wasn't able to get in on the ground floor of this. Unfortunately, now I have all the free time in the world. Um, so and I'm excited to get started with this. Uh, I'll, I'm playing Alistair Credence. Uh, originally, I like playing utility characters, and I saw like the access to magic in this as a gimmick I wanted to kind of lean in on. So it started out with me thinking I'd kind of go in for the expert, play someone a little bit like Giles with like a weird dark path, uh, similar to the Buffy character uh, Giles, to clarify. Um, then I found out that Branson already had a hidden place, which is about half the special stuff from the expert playbook. So I felt like that would be a little bit boring. I looked around, I found the crooked and I got excited for that. And then I could see, I, I love powered by apocalypse sort of games that you can do weird fuckery with the stats. And so I, I started looking around for how I could make stats work in a gimmick that would give me my character. And I've kind of found the deal with the devil to give me bonus stats. So my character is very sort of, he can't fight for crap and he's not very cool or relaxed, but he's, he's got his connections. He's got his charm and he's got his magic. And so I'm, I'm kind of playing this hybrid of expert and the crooked where he's mostly gone straight, but he has a shady side. And some of it as well comes from, like Chris, I've, I too enjoy having my brain poisoned by leftist podcasts and that sort of crap. So I, I kind of, I kind of, and then as well, following the campaign vicariously, like hearing you, seeing you guys post in here because it happened to be in the same chat for a game I was playing already. I got that big uncle energy and like Chapo and Felix, I think are a big inspiration for that. So I ended up kind of designing 
the ultimate uncle. Like I ended up just making the hot couch uncle, like the weird sort of sketchy uncle who shows up but always gives you like a hundred for for like your birthday or whatever holiday and has like weird connections for DVDs and movies. Like you can go to him and he'll be happy to help you, but you're not exactly sure where he got that shit from. Yeah, so, it's a little sus. Mm-hmm. That is that is my entire character. I think part of it as well is that I do tend to play pretty nice, benevolent characters, relatively clean cut. And so I'm trying to make him sketchy without being too sketchy. Like, I do want him to be very much the good guy at the end of the day. But he, he has a past. He has his baggage. And uh, I'm just going to dump all that craze on his lap to fuck with us freely using. So well, enjoy that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I say... Go ahead, David. I didn't say any. Oh, I I'm thought sorry. you did. My bad. <laughs> that was crazy. Oh, yeah. oh my bad. I, 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 just... I just want to mention real quick, since I interrupted you a second <laughs> time, that Rob <laughs> and I have a bit of a history together. I don't know if he realizes this or not, but the last game that I'd actually played with on our original Sunday group, we were with Rob, we were doing a, uh, trying to do Hill Folk, and our characters had uh, uh, a conflict that I am dragging over with new characters several years later in a new game. So, as, whereas Rob's trying to do redemption, and I certainly want to see Alistair hit redemption, the simple fact of the matter is that uh, <laughs> I'm just grumpy and going to take it out on him. Going to deal with Oh my god. Where that comes from because I noticed we have the same dynamic when I was playing Kelly in our esoteric game, but I assumed that was just because you didn't have Chris to pick on. I, I <laughs> literally remember nothing about that Hill Folk game. <laughs> same. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, 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 it established our relationship, uh, but yeah, I, I do it all in good, good yeah. Good I mean, fun. I think part of it as well is that it's a natural dynamic for us that at least what I've seen with you and voting that Hillfolk game is that you do tend to be the straight legs, slightly more serious character. And I tend to go slightly wackier, maybe like on the border of Chris, but I like to do wackier plans, but as a character to be as wacky. Okay. So I, I assumed it, it was the same kind of dynamic. You're, you're kind of the beleaguered dad to our, our antics yeah. who is trying to, we don't explode ourselves on Twitch. Hey Adam, your character con- your character concept is usually long suffering. <laughs> I'm trying to think, is it Bob? What are Sagan they doing or- this time? Is, is it Bob oh, Saget who's uh, who's in Full House, the dad? Yes. Yeah. Is is Adam's character just Bob Saget, and you guys are all just the other uncles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Adam. Adam is perpetually just Bob Saget with a shotgun or whatever medieval equivalent. <laughs> I I would per, may I offer red from that seventy show, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> jackasses. <laughs> now, yeah. now that I've totally hijacked that, I do apologize. I just wanted to kind of put that out in the air for me and Rob to kind of simmer on for a moment. Uh, what were you going to say about uh, this particular session? I just wanted to like say about um about Rob's character and and his his choices for like his background and stuff. You also gave me the gift of like so we started off with Cognivores and like Branson and. And and uh, doodles dealing with, uh, like uh, like we have we got Branson as like a weird like herb like urban magic kind of guy uh, or like modern urban magic and then we have like doodles as more of the mundane approach to things and then we introduced uh, we had Alejandro for a while who was basically the like kind of uh, a more like kind of older type of magic or older kind of way of things and then 
like we brought in my character, which was like the old school magic traditions. And then we got David who gave us the divine stuff, like basically a divine source of, of plot. <laughs> um, and now we have the devilish source, uh, source of plot, which is coming from your character, uh, uh, Rob, because of your, your character's background of having a, having an ex, an ex who is also a demon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there is actually also specifically, I'm bending the rules a little bit with that at kind of your request, because technically a huge part of the crooked background is that I have not one, which is the only one I planned out, but two people who I'm kind of on the lamb from. And I, I do want that to be some fun stuff that you can use against us because I, I like the idea of Alistair mostly being on the straight and narrow, but we're still facing consequences for his life. Yeah. And I, I oh, could yeah. definitely work with that. Um, so yeah, that, this, this scenario, this um, scenario in particular introduced, we got, we got, uh, we got uh, Alistair. Um, and I guess the other thing, aside from like wanting to introduce like the last of my, uh, my cognivores, at least up to this point, um, like the, the original four, which was the, the tree dolphin, the crab monkey, the star bear and the hermit toad. Um, I also have a map of, of Canada's wonderland that I wanted to use just in, I love using maps in scenarios. What? Of places. No. Yeah. It's weird. I know guys. It's like, I also, it's like I make sketch, I sketch out our characters and or monsters and, and show them to you guys. It's almost <laughs> like you're visually oriented or something. Weird. Clearly. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that game, God, that game, like so many memes that we created in that game. <laughs> Just Snoopy following <laughs> the Snoopy it's mascot. Snoops. Yeah, it's Snoops. It's Snoops. <laughs> it's Snoops. <laughs> Following these these crab monkeys as they go through this place, the town or the through the uh, the kids section of the theme park. Um, to to I think it was Branson reg- holding out his his camera uh, his his phone on his ca- his camera on his phone aloft as he gets slingshotted into the mass of like these mutated like sickly cognivores. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right through it. Uh like it was definitely like a good point to like, like to like end on for the, the original four cognivores. <laughs> it's just, yeah. uh, it's like, wow, um, this is real stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I'm here for it. <laughs> it, was, um, it was super fun. I enjoyed that. And you know, right, the opportunities Rob provided were great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like everybody brought their, their game for, from, for these games. So but I think we need to but kind how of could jump. We not. Oh, definitely. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, I have never known the joy of having an angel teleport us around. You you expedite stuff so well, David. I, I actually I love the idea of it's okay, this is this is easy to fix plot stuff. Like that that that's the whole reason why I love that and then the soothe, which is oh shit, we need crowd control. Don't worry, all I have to do is talk to them. Don't even have to touch the dice. Don't have any chance of this messing up other than just a crowd of people going, oh, okay, well, we can calm down. The angel says it's okay. I, I Give me plot. Sorry. <laughs> I do think that that's something I'm looking forward to, just the character pay- pairings and foils that I feel like there is a weird sort of, uh, what's that? In, what's the name of the book where it was Terry Pratchett and your other one, Neil Gaiman? Um, good oh, omens. Uh, oh, yeah, good omens. What? I feel like I feel like my character and uh, Teriel, there's room for some good omens vibes, just because I can remember me using my sketchy um, background to find someone who just had a 
SUV packed full of UV lights and then Terriel just helping us teleport them right in. Yeah. So like, I, I think that there's insofar as my character is kind of the demonically touched more than a demon himself teamed up with an archangel. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Like, I, I think there's some room for foils there in the same way that, um, that, uh, Oh, Branson and I'm trying to rem- doodles. I'm trying to remember your character's actual name. I just called him doodles for so long. Oh, that's I mean, fine. Doodles. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think the same way Branson and doodles are kind of the foil of silly and serious. Um, it could be in its own way. You have a sketchy character trying to be good despite their past and an incredibly naive angel who's in a pretty sketchy world now. I think that that's where I'm looking at for my most interesting foil, but uh, definitely as well. I think uh, there, there's just a lot of potential for stuff coming up. I don't really know what my character will do with Branson. I feel like any episode with us will be less about our character dynamics and more about me just being an enabler and just watching I, where it goes. I'm pretty sure any episode that's just you and me, it's just going to be Chris and Rob being Chris and Rob at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's one where it, it it will be a very special duo if that ever happens because my character, as I said, I like utility support characters, and so like my character can do weird magic. I've got pretty good weird stats. I've got some things tweaked for it, though. Really, that'll happen more when I level up. And then I have the thief move of like you know someone who can hook you up. So yeah. with Branson taking the reins because I'm not really making a leader character, that will be hilarious for me to watch. I mean, I think it'll be hilarious for everyone to watch. Yeah, because Branson yeah. does not have leadership qualities. And now no. I want to now I now need to actually plot out a game that is like whenever Adam or David can't make it, we I'm just gonna like, hey guys, uh, we got I got I got a game for Branson and uh, Branson and uh, and um, Ow. Alistair. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is a pretty good point to kind of jump into where we are right now and where we're going. So we've kind of. For the past couple of weeks, we've been you know, either taking a break or doing other things on Saturdays, prepping for a Monstrous and Other Childish uh, Things game that Chris is going to run. So we're, we're pretty much coming up to the season finale. Uh, there's been a lot of development so far, and I don't want Crazon to give away too much, obviously. But let's look at the, as a story right now. Like, where have we been from the beginning, where we are now, and how do you tie that off? So, what do you think? So, we start out with a simple idea, take care of one monster. It's not a one and done. Uh, a cast of characters is assembled as we keep pulling the string. And now, as of the last session, the one that we're talking about right now, yep. with the polywogs, we're at a point where we're getting ready to kind of meet the other side, so to speak. Yeah, um, because yeah, like you said, the like we it was mostly it started out as a monster of the week, like just straight up, like a cut and dry. Like there's this your benefactor is telling you to go hunt these monsters, and then over the last couple of games that uh, for the Cognivore stuff anyway, we've you guys have got to learn a little bit more about their side, and I've 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 started kind of thinking about like what is the motivation here, or like what where is where is this leading to, and I I think the to not take it, not not to spoil too much. I think that it's leading to basically uh, an actual, like uh, some kind of confrontation between the the forces at play here. Um, 
like the outside force of the cognivores and what and the home tur and the and the and the home team basically of mm-hmm. like the thing that's been whispering in in Penny's ear and getting you guys to go and do these things. Um, I think the next session is probably going to be the start of um, basically talks between the two fa- between the the two big powers here. <laughs> these talks. Yeah, I, 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 it, it did occur to me like right after I came up with that idea, I was like, "This is fucking just Dresden, god damn it." <laughs> um, I mean, it's and I don't racist. Hate, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and like tone that part off of it. <laughs> but um, the, yeah, the, the issue here is like the, there has to be some kind of a meeting because like you guys have now kind of gotten their side. There, you now have a bit of a sympathy on that end. Um, uh, they have sympathy. <laughs> We'll get to you because I, I, we also have this like long-standing prophecy that 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 came up for Branson and the convoy <laughs> cult. So, so um, I've actually worked an idea in for that, but I think that'll be and that'll end up coming to fruition in phase two, um, which I guess season two, I guess of this of the series. Um, we also have to address the original plot uh, hook that that Adam's been trying to like shoehor- get me to get me to look onto for like since <laughs> since day one, and that is Penny was possessed at one point by something called the Joke Master, this like bay demonic entity. Um, and when you guys exorcised it, it it went it switched it didn't like banish it to to another reality. It switched it to um, uh, to Penny's dad, Jack. And Jack went AWOL. So, or went MIA, basically. Um, and we've kind of alluded with vign- with certain vignettes that like he that he's still out there and watching you guys. But we we do have to at some point come to a, like a figure out like what exactly the joke master is and what and what you guys can do to st- to get Jack back, basically. I mean, um, he's just like having a giggle. Yeah. Having a larf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say I've definitely leaned into that it's a demonic presence, like it's a demonic being rather than like a fake creature. Um, which is interesting because the fake, the there's a fake creature that's whispering in Penny's ear, um, and I think is probably in charge of like trying to is has probably been trying to like figure out where where it is gone. Um, but again, I don't want to give too much away for like yeah. things that are going to come up in the next game <laughs> whenever I when I get around to like fleshing out that properly. Um, and I, I don't want I also don't want this game to like become like go into like a weird meta plot and like stick with it. I want I want to keep having like uh, like monster adventures and stuff like that and like have different GMs um, play if they if they have an idea for a game. So. Um, I am curious as to like if any ideas if you guys have for like maintaining that, but also having some conclusion on certain aspects of the of the of the plot that we have come up with as they've evolved. Um, <laughs> my idea is that my my things are go- my uh, problems are going to be outside context games. Like, okay, so basically, whenever Penny comes up with something and I'm I'm running, it's probably not going to be directly tied into the plot. monster yeah. of the week shows all usually the best episodes are the standalone episodes. Yeah. See all of the X Files. <laughs> yep. I I kind of am wanting to tie this in with other properties that I'm familiar with. And uh you know what comes to mind is I mean the it's the narrative has got to advance. It's gotta it's gotta grow, it's gotta mature, but we've also got to be able to 
realize when we're getting ready to build something up to the point that it's going to collapse on itself. So, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a delicate balance that one is striking. And I I keep thinking back to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, series, and in particular when it they involve the government agency. So that's when you get like that. I think I'd call it the Adam arc, so to speak, the cyborg yeah. demon thing. That's uh, season four, I believe. I think so. That's when you, you actually get Spike is kind of humanized and all that. And I mean, yeah, I don't know where this is going, obviously. The one but I, got arrested for shoplifting. I, I don't know exactly where this is going per se, but I just kind of, we're on the radar undoubtedly by something. I think that was alluded to either off mic or just a moment ago, like time is meaningless uh, with Branson's stream and so forth and so on. And I feel like, um, that is something that we're going to have to tie in. So an agency of some point, uh, a point that is human. I is- do have an idea for that. <laughs> okay. Um, if, if, and, and I'm, I'm like, I'll say like, if we want, if you want to collab with that like, uh, at all, Adam, like I'm be, like, I'm all, I'm all ears as well. Like if you okay. had some ideas for it, cause like there is a group I've kind of come up with for, for Bran- that that's going to probably make contact with Branson. Um, those poor uh, fools. Yeah. Um, and it does have to do with the fact that he keeps streaming supernatural bullshit on, 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 on Twitch. Hey, I'm doing my part. Like, try it. I'm, oh, no, I'm, it's, I'm just only being not afraid so much. I, I, my big push is to create the uh, Hell Game Cinematic Universe, as it's been nicknamed. So I, I, for one, am looking forward to the Ordo Veritas paying uh, Branson a visit. <laughs> the Ordo yeah. Veritatis will never make it into Monster of no. the Week. No, that's we have a, a more serious game. Yeah, no, I have. I, I think if if anything, like I'd I'd maybe even use like the the fa- the 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 group that I'm going to introduce um, as something like that, like maybe for like silly sillier <laughs> Delta Green or like. Uh, esoterist games in this pl- in this subplot, but Delta Green, but Canadian and kind of. My, <laughs> my last little uh, addition to this section, I'll gladly pass this on to someone else to jump in. I do like the concept of because let me back up here. Throughout the course of this game, and it started at Chris's oat spider legs, where I was injured for attempting violence, and then and this the one with the Canadian star bear. Uh, you actually present a creature that has very human-like qualities. And it allowed me to, as a character, rethink uh, certain uh, misconceptions that I have. And it's provided a lot of depth. And we'll kind of go into where we see our characters going in the future. But, you know, I like the humanizing of the monsters. But I also want to see through this relationship with a with a man-created you know, structure, I want to see where we see the dark side of humanity itself. So, you know, not, it could be like man, uh, you know, traveling in God's domain kind of stuff, which would be a good Terrell kind of tie in, or it could be, you know, uh, Mars tech, March technologies or Mars technologies or whatever it is from Delta green. I kind of want to, I think it would be a nice juxtaposition to have, um, creatures, uh, otherworldly or fay or whatnot that are, benevolent and good and trying to be helpful and then their evil human counterparts so i mean those are just things that i would like to see yeah continued yeah we um, definitely have that. 
I think there's also potential for a plot in the fact that the Cognivores have used up all of their resources. And so, like, you might get some War of the Worlds or, God forbid, uh, Avatar sort of sentiment where we're, we're, the, we're the Na'vi in this case, that uh, there might be less benevolent forces moving in to kind of exploit the world, which mm-hmm. maybe they even yeah. have good intentions, but sooner or later they, they might suck us dry if we are nice to them. Maybe Branson has a point. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I, I that that that's definitely going to come up um, because again, the cognivores are here. <laughs> they want to. They 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 need a new place to. They need a new. For I guess for they need a new place to stay. Also, munchies. <laughs> um, yeah. And while some of them are are maybe well intentioned, some of them aren't. <laughs> so, yeah. David, what do what do you think about this? Jumping in, what do you what would what would be your suggestions for? Our season two. Well, I can already see so many possibilities of all of the plot threads coming back together, like all of the loose ends that we've left behind all showing up at once, or not even all at once, but just all showing up. Like it's it's already looking like it's going to be fun. Um, like for instance, the um, the body that got dumped. And the the revenant that comes out of it, like I, I feel like, well, well, look at or would you look at that? It's the consequences of our actions coming to bite us in the rear end. I, I like that idea. Um, what I've never heard of consequences before. What is this nonsense? Oh, that's when you do a thing and then you didn't do all of the thing, and then bad things happen because you didn't do the thing. Um, I don't like this. <laughs> Chris says this now, but I'm pretty sure like his DM notes are literally whatever he's running a game is literally just like consequences I can force them to face. Oh yeah, no. My, um, I I was talking to my wife last night and I realized I have three basic game modes: um, goofy nonsense, tightly paced mystery, tightly paced mysteries, and consequences. <laughs> That's not terrible. That's actually a really good like way to play. Uh, way to uh, those are those are all very valid ways to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I like to think I'm a pretty good right. GM. I believe you are. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I I would subscribe to your newsletters, good sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyone else uh, want to add in on where they would like to see the season two go? Uh, definitely, we need to get into the prophecy. For uh, yes. John Jacob and Branson's sake, because that shit's hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, it's the, I, it's I'm. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, speaking of a similar thing, like, oh, because of the way monsters works, a lot of us in our character backstories or through other through other ways within the plot, we built up a lot of weird organizations or forces or powers, and. I don't know how much we've seen of them clash yet, but I think it will be it will be very interesting to see some more open conflict there. Like uh, I'm I'm excited for that because I'm all about intrigue and weird politics, and so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see a little bit more of them butting heads. Yeah. Um, also, just as a tease for 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 something I'm, that's going to be coming up very shortly, um, there's a neutral ground faction called the Hasturos. Um. So that's yeah. <laughs> they yeah. That's they 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 uh, they're 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 a family from up north, <laughs> but they are neutral territory. <laughs> Honestly, oh, that sounds. Oh, 
that sounds a little bit like uh, the Italian mob family of Cthulhu cultists. What? No. <laughs> I've been watching There's a lot no, of Futurama so recently. A, you know, Italian mob yeah. family of Cthulhu cultists. What are you talking about? Forget about it. Personally, I'm of the belief that there's no such thing as Italians. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, sorry, Chris, you don't exist. I don't I don't feel so good, guys. I just turned to dust. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back over my bullet points here, seeing what we got. Yeah. And I, I do kind of like the idea of, well, how do I, okay, words, I have them. Um, at some point in time, the, um, no, seriously, be not afraid. Why does everybody run? Uh, turn into a thing. Like I could totally see other angels that don't look nearly as human-ish uh, oh. showing up. Yeah. Just uh, have, like, yeah. Because it's, we understand that you're dealing with a demon here, and uh, Home Office has questions. So many questions. <laughs> I love the idea of that, like, we're all used to Tariel, and then, like, the fucking, like, actual, like, angelic cherub showed up. Yeah, and we're just like, what the fuck is that? Tariel's like, oh yeah, that's my I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just here for when the five interlocking rings with wings poking out of them hand us the very nice embossed business card. Be not afraid. <laughs> what is that thing that looks like six different pairs of wings? Oh, oh, that's uh, that that's um, one of my uh, little brother coworkers. <laughs> that, that's Sarah Fim <laughs> <laughs> from accounting. Yeah, Sarah Fim from accounting has to be a thing now. God damn it! <laughs> and it will it'll be it'll t- for for uh, like for me personally it'll tie in perfect because I uh, in my career as a GM I cannot not have a character of some kind named Sarah in a game. <laughs> I I just love like there Sarah is from moral accounts. Actually, she makes you account for your teeth. <laughs> And he caught it. He got the bit. <laughs> She's from moral accounting, yes. Um, oh, dear Lord. Um, and honestly, because of me and my love of puns, uh, that alone, like, I'm, I'm going to be trying to come up with as many different angel-related puns for that episode, just because I think it'll be great. Like, for some reason, they don't greet you with, um, or they either say greetings or be not afraid. Or when you get to heaven, it's like, Halo? Did you mean to say hello? No, Halo, you're missing one. Can you tell us what you're doing here? Actually, uh, Irish Irish Uber is called Halo, so I I do picture them using their wings thing as like a glorified Uber up there. Oh my god, I love it. That'll be uh, $4, just make sure to uh, rate it as five stars. (laughs) That'll be four good deeds, please. And three Hail Marys. Now, Kind of taking this on the reverse side, this just occurred to me, though, I, and I want to use myself as an example for this because, you know, we're pretty much winding down right now. I would like to discuss what I would not like to see, or maybe perhaps I should rephrase it of like concerns that I have. What, what are yeah. X cards? Okay. Yeah. So, so I mentioned beforehand that if we steep it too much, I mean, we're just building something that's going to collapse under the weight of everything we built. So, you know, I th- while we're going to introduce other other aspects or organizations and stuff like that. I think there is an immediate kind of cutoff point for where we're going to kind of stop that and not go further in this. Cause I mean, the ultimate end is we're working toward as far as I'm concerned, like Jack 
and bringing him back and ending that thread and then, you know, tying up loose ends. Now, as a player and as my character, kind of where I want him to go and concerns that I have is I've been, uh, is a server Patrice? Uh, Was that a name? Clarice. Clarice. Okay. Clarice. Hello, yeah. Clarice. Right. Yeah. I, I have even been looking and I'm going to start taking plays from the new addition to the Monster of the Week campaign, where it's like the one who has got an otherworldly lover or love interest. I can't remember what that one's called. Uh, the uh, Pararomantic. The Pararomantic. That that's, that's interesting. It, that's in, uh, that was in the, the tome that just came ah. out. Now, here's my concerns. First off, I have mixed emotions on a, like, I would like to show character development. I I feel like I have done a pretty good leap by sparing that. And definitely with Branson being one, the one wanting me to kill everything, I was very proud of how I shoehorned you back into the main plot with uh, Clarice, with uh, her going to filter through memories and stuff like that. But I want to develop that relationship, but I'm not quite sure if, like, how far I should and all that. So, I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with there being, like, some if to, is this kind of a, you know, fulfilling platonic relationship or, you know, somewhat romantic and, like, whatnot, but also otherwise doomed. But then again, at the same time, I don't want to have, like, entire episodes of just, you know, me dealing with my, my space girlfriend, so to speak. So if yeah. anything like that does develop, I would rather handle it much like the McElroy brothers did. And uh, their second one, what was the one set in West Virginia? What was it called? Oh, uh, the Monster of the Week game. I know the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But... but you had um, Justin McElroy's character just kind of, you know, you cut to the end and there's kind of a relationship that had budded between him and his uh, mentor. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing like that. So I definitely don't want to, you know, take center stage. I'm just kind of interested, I guess, at the same time with how this is going to develop out. I kind of, like I said, I'm torn. So I don't know. That's just kind of my two cents on the future. I just Anybody else? R- really dumb thought. Um, if it ever gets to the point where it's like, oh yeah, girlfriend troubles, Branson just to be like, yeah, probably should have killed her. Like I told you. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be Branson. That's pretty dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, so that's my concerns going forward. Does anyone else have any concerns? Well, I I kind of tend to live my life without X cards. Like, I I will gladly go where the group wants to go. Um, I try to play the character as neutral as possible so as to avoid any kind of... Um, any kind of those moments where I feel make people at the table feel squicky and or weird. So uh, just throwing that out as a starter. But... Um, I'm kind of with you as far as the, I don't like to see a lot of the tabletop romance. Um, I like the idea of uh, some of that happening off screen. Like what exactly happened between the two of you? We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that could be that's, handled that's, with a dice you know. roll as opposed to role play. But um, again, different strokes for different folks. I will support everyone else's X cards is I guess what I'm trying to say there. And yeah. come up with solutions for ways that we can resolve the plot threads without it being weird. At least uh, not the wrong kind of weird. My standard X card, don't fuck with animals, yada yada. 
I just write down these X cards just to make sure yeah. I have them down. Because yeah, um, I, I'm, kind of I'm just wondering because mm-hmm. I've I've only heard uh, Clarice referred to as the Great Northern uh, Dream Bear. That I I I don't really want to know how literal the meaning of fuck is in in this sense from Chris. That so. Are, are are we talking like some some Jacob from Twilight, so or how does the thing about Clarice is she's a psychic projection, uh, like a, a human psychic projection, created by an alien life form? <laughs> um, I, I was kind of thinking more along the lines, uh, Rob, if you've ever seen her by that the Joaquin Phoenix movie where he falls in love with a uh, AI. Okay, he falls <clears throat> in love with Siri on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, it, it, it's it's going to be unique. I, uh, I want to see. It. I'm sorry, you cut out. Try again. Yeah, sorry for that. I have it mapped to a button, and my finger slipped off it. But yeah, no, no. Uh, I will say, Adam. I wanted to get the the cheap joke in there, partly because I don't have that much context, and I kept hearing Therese referred to as a bear, so I was really caught off guard <laughs> by this being a potentially romantic thing. <laughs> but it's really more of a twink, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, my brain went to that kind of bear too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we call yeah. him bear. Um, <laughs> like uh, for for the most part, I think that it's something that can. I I think was it David nailed it on the head with just like it's some. It could have been crazy on. It could have been Chris, but someone said that. Um, you know, it's something that can be mostly dealt with off screen. And if for some reason the relationship ends in character, you can just be like, we don't want to talk about that. Like, this is very 90s TV show procedure. I think it serves as a, as a good guide to this. Just, yeah. you know, though I am down to see Twilight, but with Canadian dream bears. Like, this is, this is the Twilight we, we needed, but didn't deserve. This thing has a finite end, too. And that's the best thing. You know, if you were watching, you know, Friends or some kind of syndicated series, you know, Ross gets with Rachel, blah, blah, blah. They go their separate ways. And then we got to try to drag them all. And like every series does that, it seems like. And that gets super, super old. You know what I mean? So, like. Also, the flip side, it gets old fast, too. Like, if we want to wind back the clock to earlier TV shows. There's a reason why there is the one referred to as the Cartwright curse, which is one of the boys gets a girlfriend and she dies mm-hmm. so that we can maintain the status quo in the next episode. Um, even Supernatural has shades of that with Sam's various girlfriends all dying. Yep. Like yeah, that's Castiel. a problematic yeah. kind of. Uh, yeah. Castile going to super hell. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's in born identity and stuff like that. Like we tend to make female characters or love interests, but definitely it's the sexist female character kind of approach represent domestication. And we can't have our protagonists domesticated like, uh, you know, Jason Bourne has got to go out there and keep fighting criminals. And to do that, we've got to kill off his love interest of the first film. So, yeah, I am totally with you on that, David. I feel like it's problematic in a number of different ways. And realizing that now, uh, that's also why the characters that I play tend to be either ace or aromantic, just because I want to nip that problematic plot line in the bud and not have it happen. Yeah. Like, as far as Tariel is concerned, I can pretty much guarantee you that if anybody ends up attracted to him, he's not going to know how to process it. 
because Angel. Yeah. Now you're just now you're just encouraging me to have uh, 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 Al come out uh, come out as gay and kind of have a crush on Terry. Just to, just to see how weird a dynamic I can force. That would actually be very interesting. And okay, gay, that one fine. we can we can uh, we can definitely pursue that. Like I am fine with that for comedic value, knowing where we stand before the whole thing takes off. Like mm-hmm. if you guys are fine no. with processing that for comedy or for a little bit of drama in the right circumstance, I'm cool with it. Like I I I, I will say like that sounds like a genuinely interesting plot, but the reason I put it out kind of with a laugh is that I think I'm in a similar position to you. I don't necessarily play ace characters so much as I just assume like their relationships aren't relevant to the game. Usually the game is just covering a small portion of their life that maybe they have a girlfriend or a wife off screen. Maybe they're not dating anyone at that time. But like for me, I'm just finding it comfortable that it's like, this isn't the part of the life where they're dating people. This isn't where you drag someone for a first date. All that stuff can kind of happen off screen for me and I'm comfortable with it. So, like, I yeah. do think that could work that, like, I wouldn't, I, I joked about it being kind of cool to see Twilight, but with a bear. I think that could be a bit whiplash for, for people listening, though. Like, it might not be what they're into. And so, I, like, I don't know. I trust Adam to deal with it at his discretion. Oh, I, I But just for myself. Confidence. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're a really good role player, Adam. Like, everyone in this group, I generally trust to handle that sort of stuff. But just for me, I usually avoid it personally in games. And if people are new to it, I kind of encourage them to just be like, you know, this is an adventure story, not really a love story. If you want your character to have, like, a partner of some kind or some kind of crush, like, you can have that. But it's not really a part of the story majorly. Yeah, It's not really relevant to the narrative, basically. True, true. Like, I think... The Go way ahead. you're describing it, Adam, it actually would be relevant to the narrative, but that works because mm-hmm. you've you've made it's not made a deal with the devil, but kind of in a situation in narratively, you you you've made a you've made a pact with this entity, yeah, um, and are kind of entering into a uh, a, a partnership of sorts uh, for beneficial uh, gain, i.e., finding good. your 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 brother <laughs> or yeah. your brother-in-law or yeah, your brother, no, my yeah. brother, yeah, yeah. cool. So I appreciate the feedback I've got on that. Uh, even Crazon, feel free to jump in here as we wrap this up. Like, what are some concerns or things that we need to keep in mind that uh, you do not want to see this go, or some trappings we should avoid? Um, I, honestly, I don't like. I'm kind of on the same boat as as David. I don't really have much of an X card um, with, it, when it comes to games and stuff. I kind of go with the flow. Um, I know with my own normal group, like with my, my my not my normal group, my my group in in real time or at least like used to be real time and such um we just fade to black when relationship stuff started happening Mm -hmm. because like we don't want to role play that (laughs) it's it's weird (laughs) um yeah um i i will say it was kind of it was really like just not really about the extra card but like just your how your relation your partnership with um uh with with clarice happened it was kind of funny to me just like sitting back because it was like this char- this creature was originally set up as a horror story idea I had for like a person with a girlfriend who turns out to be like a monster that's siphoning the town. Like that's kind of where that scenario came from. And I was just like just thinking of this like this is like this could go really dark really bad really fast. Yeah. 
<laughs> like it, like if 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 this mon- if I if I had not made like turned this monster over to like not be malicious like this is this is this could have gone really bad. <laughs> yeah, this is this is spring. If you've seen that movie, I have not. <laughs> not quite that, but it's it's got elements of it. So I'm okay. just I'm just here for the scene where like all of this is handled off screen, but then one session around the end of our season two, it it just becomes sunshine of the spotless mind. Clarice is trying to wipe <laughs> trying to wipe Google's brain or something. Oh God, yeah, yeah, eternal sunshine. It's it, it revealed that they were actually like th- th- they've been plotting this entire time and just like wiping like everything. Oh Lord, God. dark, dark. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even work on Branson because he's just too fucked up on ketamine. Yeah, what's uh. I mean, this is off mic right here. Like, is there anything else we need to add to this particular session? I mean, section like it, things you don't want to see, and it doesn't have to be about me. I mean, I mean, I'm talking narrative in general. I mean, things I don't want to see, Adam. Okay. <laughs> um, um, Adam in general. I, That's fine. Like, I'm I'm kind of on the same boat as uh, what you said earlier, Adam, with the um, like the meta plot getting too heavy and like crushing this this game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like that's why I've been kind of like on the fence, or like I've been I've been kind of trying to like figure out what the next set step is because, like, I want to keep like having being having the accessibility of having us like be able to do like Monster of the Week store, sort of adventures and stuff, but also have some progression as as well. So, um, I think I don't want. I think we're far. in a. I think we're in a good spot for that. Um, if you guys want to nix this section, I I think it would probably be okay because. First of all, we're still at the early out stage. There's not too much to really be cautious of. What I think I'd like to see is kind of make sure new monsters are tied into the pre-existing framework. Maybe if we get a new player whose playbook demands that they have some other power, like a government agency or something, we can throw yeah. that in. But like, I love the politics. The trick is, for me, you always have to make sure you have, like, I don't know, three factions or maybe however many we have. Six or eight is a good number. And see uh, how they I bounce think- off each other. I should say that I am working on Branson as an iconic character as opposed to a dramatic character. So basically what that means is that um, Branson is going to like deal with uh, ish- like any like crisis by being true to himself as opposed to changing. Like he- he's, a- he's going to be a fairly static character in my okay. opinion. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that kind of works. I think- yeah, though I I do think uh, given a bit of time that that I'd be open to that changing. Like, if at this point we're at the first season, if we go through like three or four seasons, like uh, that, we kind of are making progression. I can see Branson facing consequences for his actions and maybe growing a bit as a character. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I just don't think it needs to happen early because he is kind of iconic. He's a little bit memey or whatever you want to say in some ways that. You don't need to immediately make the funny joke relief character be like, oh, we're doing plot, let's ruin that character and make them face consequences. But, you know, if we yeah, keep no, going, Adam, I think, uh, I said Adam, Branson has a lot of space to grow and it would be kind of a wasted thing for me for that not to be filled in. But, yeah, no, he's a fun character. You don't need to immediately be like, I again, I can joke about this, but like I trust you guys to do everything well. But yeah, no, you don't need that like teen like oh god, what is my life? Sudden angst because we we've got continuity, you know? Yeah, I'm not like, even Brand- after brothers and shit. Oh yeah, 
No, no, no. But it's just like, yeah, Branson's a fun character, but you know, he he, he has a lot of room to grow. He's he does care about people, and his actions are going to have consequences sooner or later. So give him the space to grow, but like, don't rush it. Don't overdo it more than you do. But make sure you don't feel like he's pigeonholed into being the funny guy. Okay. Oh, he's not just the funny guy. He's like, I, I, I Branson actually does have a pretty good like ecology in the game because, uh, like, I'm like one part the problem, one part like the salute, which works really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, sorry. I, I didn't mean to reduce him there. I just meant like no, no, insofar as don't feel he's trapped. Yeah. Okay. I uh, again, I'll, I'll repeat it that we can probably cut this area out because, at least from my personal perspective, I I mean I do have X cards, but I think most of the group will probably have X mm-hmm. cards this stage as well. Um, but for the people we're with. I feel like we can mostly tear up the X cards, really, because uh, I've gamed with uh, Chris and Adam for a pretty long time. Like, Adam, a lot of that I was absent for, but, like, we yeah, started playing you know. years ago. I trust you, too. Praise on and David. I know you guys, especially with this talk, like, I know you guys aren't going to push the boundaries hard either. So, like, there's nothing I'm too afraid of. The meta plot getting heavy and confusing... And being taken very seriously, I think, would be bad. But I think if we let it grow organically... Mm -hmm. Exactly. And no matter how complicated it is, if it's kind of a joke, we're fine. And then we're all on the same page where the Monster of the Week game shouldn't be super serious, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I think, like, what I really want to... What I had in the section of what you want to see here was very much, like, I want to see the factions we already have developed more and for there to be kind of drama there, so it's not just, like, throwing in new shades of paranormal. But at the same time, like, uh, I I think, yeah, if that's not taken too seriously, and we use what we have as much as possible without throwing hard limits to new things, then I think we're on the right track. Have any of y'all seen the... Uh, Move your mic closer to your mouth, Chris. Oh, sure. Um, have any of y'all seen the Netflix show Disenchantment? I yes. have not. <laughs> So I did that do my best to purge that from my brain. It's a good show. I like it. Um, uh, but th- that's kind of the vibe I, I, I kind of want for the Monster of the Week game. So, like, while it's mostly jokey, there is definitely some progression, and there's, like, a meta plot. but at the end of the day, it's mostly... It's the jokes come first. Yeah. yeah. Sort of, like, uh, connected one-shots. Like, there's... No, right. You're wrong. Dis- Disenchantment is actually a pretty good show. It's like it's actually fairly well written. Futurama right. is where all the good Simpsons ideas went, and now they're taking all the bad Simpsons ideas and making it into a fantasy show. Like this is late much, season. Hey guys, I very much guys, disagree. Guys, <laughs> all right. So, sorry, Adam. Sorry, that's we'll fine. argue just, about that later. That that'll yeah. that'll be a Robin Chris talk. <laughs> okay, so I, I think honestly, because I got to. I'm going to start fixing lunch before too awful long. I think we pretty much got everything. Uh, Unless anyone has anything else to add, I'm going to probably go ahead and throw out the outro, and then I'll kick the recording bot out and immediately download this. Yeah, Just so you all know, I am torturing three separate cats with a laser pointer. Good to know. Uh, (laughs) I am going to have to probably jump off after this. I've got a purple one specifically for that purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've got to check on my dogs. Make sure they go outside and don't. Do you want to do it right now, or do you want to wait? Uh, they're good right now. Like for like the next like five ten minutes, I can probably. Oh, we're good. Yeah. I'm I'm wrapping it up right now. Okay, cool. All right. Well, guys, I've had a lot of fun playing. I look forward to seeing how these materials kind of manifest, and I'm also looking forward to this uh, season finale that our listeners would have already listened to, but uh, we are kind of going into blind right now, which is the way of the world. We're all weirdly passionate about this dumb, meme game (laughs) that we started almost a year ago. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Damn! It's amazing. Like, I may be a latecomer to it, but I remember seeing the early stuff um, when you guys were talking about the possibility of it, and I just kind of went, yeah, this looks great. I hope that one day I might be able to scam my way into it, and here we are. Hell yeah. We're happy to have both you and Rob in this. It's been a blast. Yeah, late edition. And and Sam, uh, hope hope you'll be able to join us eventually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love you, bud. Well, for those of you tuning in, thank you so much. Uh, we've enjoyed not only just talking to you about this, but we've enjoyed playing Monster of the Week, uh, the Uncle's Apprentice Dread Mill, and uh, look forward to kind of going into it. So if you want to catch us, uh, obviously you can go to uh, Um It's updated every time, three times a month, you know, whenever I put an episode out there. Uh, we also have a Facebook page that is largely not a very active community, but I, I throw stuff out there anyway, and it's at facebook.com slash the Rowpoint Exchange. Uh, we're also on Twitter at R-P-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E. I always fill it out for some reason. And uh, that's the more active of what we have here. And if you uh, like what we do and would like to help contribute to it, uh, might I send you way of our Patreon? We're at patreon.com slash role playing exchange let me double check that i was yep role playing exchange and uh yeah anything any kind of contribution you put into it it just goes directly back into the podcast uh equipment hosting uh commission and craze on to create us a new banner for the website that i just took together with an automatic newspaper uh kidnapper letter generator i don't know if anyone's ever noticed that that's what that is but uh, i have <laughs> i just wasn't going to bring it up uh, but now we know. So anyway, thank you and, all for um, mm-hmm. your generous contributions. Allow Adam and Chris to feed a mic down to the well I'm trapped in. So you know, keep that sound quality up. Yeah, so we, we definitely that. need to get Rob a mic. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, if you get him a ladder, he'll get out of the well. Oh, Good that's point. true. Yeah. C- can we have that? Just need to give him a long cable. There a little bit. So. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Sleep well. Uh, Well, Branson definitely didn't think this through. (laughs) Does Branson ever? (laughs) Branson doesn't really think.